As an educator, you want what's best for your students. You want them to succeed academically and emotionally. But how do you do it? We actually hit it. Simply ask the question, what is it that we want for our learners? You know, the amount of time they physically sit in a seat doesn't determine whether or not they've learned something. We just kind of took genius hour and put it on steroids. 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 From creative instructional practices to school models and ideas big and small, Reimagining Time is a podcast that will tell the stories of real educators like you and how they've used their imagination to transform their schools and enrich students' lives. During our flexible time that we have, uh, something that's unique to our program that we've not seen anybody else do is a lot of schools will implement a, a one chunk of time, if you will, like a 45 minutes or an hour uh, per day that is devoted to flexible time. And so something that's unique with what we do is we have an entire day that the students have to work on what it is that they need to work on, uh, with who they need to work, and where they need to work. That was Scott Rains, who at the time was a math teacher and coordinator of a STEM learning institute in Georgia. At this school, students learned independently in a project-based learning environment. How did the school manage this and keep students on task? What has the freedom of this schedule allowed students to do? Keep listening to find out. We think you'll really enjoy it. But to start with, as far as the flex day was concerned, they had to get the timing right. Scott continues. So uh, we started off with it was flex Fridays. Uh, we quickly found that the kids referred to it as Freedom Friday. And we, what we found is, is that when it was on Fridays, our flex day, we didn't work out of the kids that we were that we wanted and anticipated. And so what we did is we moved it to uh, it's always either a Wednesday or a Thursday. Freedom Friday wasn't quite what they were going for. They found kids were better able to focus when the flex day was in the middle of the week. But what about teachers? Obviously, this would be a huge adjustment to their way of teaching. Uh, it's, it's a pedagogical shift because teachers will initially want to see it as, well, if you're doing this flex day, I'm losing time. And it's, it's, a, it's a change and a shift from, I'm not losing time, I have to be able to reappropriate time. This unusual approach meant a shift in mindset. How did this time period fit in with a project-based learning environment? And so the teachers that are really understanding and utilizing the model to its fullest they understand that the first part of that week is dedicated to building for their flex day. So Ms. Musgrove may be able to take Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday uh, to talk about, hey, here's body systems, here's what you're learning about in biotech, this is how these things overlap, this is your project, I want you to use your flex time on Thursday to do that. Besides just giving students this time to work, they also gave students the opportunity to make decisions about and actually schedule where they wanted to go during these flex days. To some schools, that might seem like it's giving students a little too much trust, but in reality, it actually helps them build important skills like time management. Uh, I know that a lot of other folks like to have an advisement period time uh, to schedule. But this really goes to the core of what we believe is uh, most effective uh, for students in building that time management and project management. When they go off to college or career, whatever it is that they go to do, they're ready. They don't have to worry about how to manage an AB or a alternating uh, college schedule because they've already done it with us. 
They don't have to worry about how to manage, you know, multiple deadlines at a career because we've already done that here with, you know, the cross-curricular projects that are uh, from one class to another or the year-long projects which span multiple months. Uh, they know how to manage all of those different aspects. So often, students graduate from high school and they aren't ready to navigate those next steps. But at this school, they really ensured that they were giving students the tools to feel prepared and excel into the next stage of their life. But with such a unique schedule and so much freedom given to students, what about that accountability piece? How do teachers ensure that students are really engaged during the flex days, especially when they're working on an independent project? Kelly Musgrove, who was an ELA teacher and school leader at the STEM Institute, talks about some things to look for to assess whether or not a student is actively learning. Um, Very specifically, we are asked to walk around the classroom to make sure that students are on task. Um, If I find that there is an occasion when a student is off task, I will always tell him or her, listen, I need for you to really be able to explain what you're working on and why you're doing the things that you're doing in this particular location. So right now, I don't have a full understanding of what you're trying to study or what you're trying to accomplish. So I'm going to go around again. And then the next time I'm going to turn and I'll come back to you. And then I need for you to give me a better explanation of what you're working on, why you're working on it. And I really need for you to provide for me some details so that I know that you're not just looking at something or listening to something that I know that there's really valid research that's going on. It's a lot like having a conversation. You can tell whether or not a person is really listening to you based on their response. Is it meaningful? Is it even connected with what you were just saying? When someone gives you a vague answer, you know their mind was elsewhere. In their course of the conversation, you can determine uh, a student's level of understanding based on the words that they're using. So the teacher's looking for and listening for especially uh, vocabulary that's specific to what that student is learning about. Uh, And if the student is unable to give anything more than vague uh, general responses, then that's a key indicator for that teacher that the student is not really on task. They're just more looking to uh, provide an answer without actually giving information. Those conversations are key to making self-directed learning a success. And that's so important at a school where kids are working on independent projects and need to be held accountable without being micromanaged. When you look at the overall model of the school, about 20% of their school week was dedicated to this flex day idea, one out of five days of the week, where students had the freedom to take a deep dive into a project, which might remind you of something, the 80-20 approach used at Google. Uh, When we started researching how best to engage our students in looking for ways to uh, enrich learning, uh, we looked at Google. That's exactly where we started. We said, you know, Uh, If they're a multi-billion dollar company and they're being successful at what they do, maybe there's something we can take from their business model and incorporate that in an educational model. Uh, The Genius Hour is something that people are probably familiar with. It's been around for a while, but we just kind of took Genius Hour and put it on steroids. might seem like a pretty bold claim, but once you hear about some of the incredible things that students have done at this school, you might not think so anymore. For a little bit, we're going to take a look at what this project-based learning looks like across multiple curricula. 
Kelly talks about why this is so valuable for students, and Scott explains that although this type of approach and schedule might mean a little more work for teachers, the results that it produces are well worth it. So it's giving them a chance to actually choose what they feel is the best way to show us that they have learned material. And it's learning material across every single aspect. You know, one of the greatest joys for me is whenever I get to hear students say, oh my goodness, today in biotechnology, we just learned this and it ties into what we're doing in here. It's for them to be able to make the bridge and the connection, but then actually show us what they're doing by all of the different options that we can provide for them. It's almost impossible to do just one project for one class uh, because the kids are, they're involved in so many different areas. And so part of our planning process uh, with our team is built around designing projects that are going to incorporate uh, the different content areas. Uh, so our ELA and our social studies and our biotech are, are doing stuff along with our science class. Uh, you may have a, a pre-calculus that's working with a chemistry class that's also in conjunction with something that's going on in engineering. Uh, so it's it's a there's a lot of moving pieces, uh, and it requires that all of the the teachers involved are willing to get in and plan and take the time to develop uh, the different uh, projects that the kids are going to be working on. I, I I would be remiss if I told you that this was. Uh, an easy task. It does require a lot of work on the front end, uh, but the product that you get from the kids is far, far greater than anything you could ever imagine. It, it, it's, it's so the hard work and extra effort that teachers put in really pays off. Students learn skills that prepare them well for college or a career, skills that most people don't get until after they graduate high school. And really, isn't that the goal? Our goal is to get students uh, to fully understand how to manage their time, uh, but also be project managers. A lot of our kids will go off to some, some really big schools and they're going to already be working on internships because they already have the industry certifications that come through uh, being in our program, which has pathway completion for their uh, biotechnology or engineering areas. And so when they leave here, we need to make sure that when they go to that college, most of our kids don't walk in with uh, as a as a brand new freshman, a lot of them already have dual enrollment credits uh, for colleges or they have enough credits to be classified as a sophomore uh, through advanced placement classes as well. These skills well-prepared students regardless of their path after high school. In fact, a lot of these students were already working in their field while still in high school. We, we have a lot of feedback uh, from local businesses and industry that are around us that, uh, I mean, we have people that seek out to come over here to work with our kids because they're, when they hear about the project that they're working on, the things that they're doing, the local business and industry want to get involved because they, they see uh, what's available to them. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, when our kids are doing internships and work-based learning opportunities, uh, they're not just a typical employee there. They are, they're leading in their areas. This just goes to show what students are able to accomplish when given the time, the tools, and the opportunities to pursue their passions. And we've hinted that students at this school have been able to do some amazing things. Here's just one example we thought was worth sharing. We have a local uh, brake pad manufacturer uh, by the name of Nishimbo. Uh They produce pretty much all the uh, 
brake pads uh, that are manufactured here in the U.S. And so one of the things that uh, we've done is we've partnered with them. And so our kids can go over there beginning in the 11th grade and start working. And it's full time. It's not a full time job, but they get full pay. Uh, so they're they're earning a, a wage and they're working in the uh, different departments. So we have one kid that's in the IT department. We have another kid that's in quality assurance. Uh, and as a matter of fact, the one that's in uh, the IT department, his job was to 3D model uh, using a software that we taught him here in our program. Uh, he has 3D modeled 97% of all the brake pads that this company uh, manufactures. And so he's done that. That's a high school kid. And he's, he's so well accomplished that they recognized him as a leader. And he actually has a team that reports to him. This is an 18-year-old student that's in high school that has a team of five members that work there full-time at that company, and they report to him. Uh, so, I mean, there's some really unique and unbelievably incredible opportunities that these kids have. Unique and unbelievable are definitely the words for it. Some students at this school have graduated with healthcare licenses, enough experience and credits to already be considered sophomores in college, and there was a group of kids that actually got a grant from Ford Next Generation Learning to retrofit a bus and create a mobile STEM lab to drive around the community. The opportunities that their project-based learning and this flex day have created truly made a big impact. But let's let Scott close out with some words about the value of this program. We've created the time and the uh, method for them to learn that best meets their needs. So if you've got somebody that's the kinesthetic learner, they're there, they're doing hands-on, uh, you've got the visual learner, they've got their, their methods that they use. So for every type of learner that we have within our program, that STEM model really meets the needs of what they're looking for. And whether they're, you know, uh, a student who has struggled academically in the past, or if they're a student that has excelled, it, st the STEM approach can meet any student's needs uh, because it's all based on what background knowledge they bring to the conversation, and then you build from there. That's it for this week's episode of Reimagining Time. This podcast is brought to you by Enriching Students, a tool that helps teachers give students what they really need, time. Our intro track, Rough Cut, is by the artist Tripwire. And we want to say thank you to all of the educators who shared their ideas and stories with us. Look for new episodes of Reimagining Time on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. <laughs>